Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Good morning, Abundant Life. How are you? Excited today. What a great time of worship together. And thank you, Julia, for Pastor Julia, for honoring our 2023 graduates. And we're excited for you. Graduates, whatever God's put in your heart to do, go do that. Go do that with his strength. And as Pastor Julia said, we are right behind you. We are always here. And uh, congratulations to the parents as well. You made it through that, that part of the journey. So God bless you. You're faithful to it. And we thank, we're thankful for your life as well. And um, hey, before I uh, dive in today, I want to say a big congratulations because our communications director, Lucas, married Tori last weekend. Come on, would you give them a great big hand clap? Beautiful, beautiful. Well, we are starting this ser- two-week series on the Holy Spirit today. I'm really excited and uh, because it's about one accord, as it says in chapter 2 of the book of Acts, and um, it's talking about our future, the future that God has planned for us, that you and I can't do it without the work of the Holy Spirit. That's for sure. You and I cannot accomplish what God wants to, us to accomplish on our own. We need the work of the Spirit. And so, I don't know, have you ever realized when you think about the future, we think about it from the vantage point of whatever is going on in our life right now. So what's going on in your life right now? Some of us maybe are going through an agonizing moment, some challenges. Maybe some of you are going through a great moment, uh, a highlight moment, uh, a mountaintop. Maybe you're wondering in your life today where the answers will come in the problem that you're going through or dealing with. Maybe you're hurting. And you're wondering if you can experience healing and restoration that you need in your life or maybe in a relationship. And I want to take you to a moment in Scripture that's maybe very similar to this, that that what you're going through. It was a transition moment. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me in the book of Acts. The book of Acts, as we know, is such a wonderful book because it's the history of the early church just after Jesus was raised from the dead. And I want to let you know the book of Acts is a roadmap for us. It's a roadmap. It, it, what it does is it paints the picture of what our lives should be like as you and I follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus knew the early church would need something more than just natural power. They would need supernatural power to do the work of the ministry. So we're going to take these next two weeks, and next week is Pentecost Sunday, and we're going to celebrate that as well, and I'm going to talk to you more about Pentecost Sunday. But here is our theme verse for the next two weeks, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all with what? One accord in one place. One accord, one place, seeking the same thing. Pentecost symbolizes for the church the beginning of God's spiritual harvest in the world. It's a pivotal point in the early church, and it's marked with a divided line between the Holy Spirit's occasional presence and temporary empowerment in the Old Testament on certain people to his continual sustained empowerment now that is available to all of God's people. And I'm thankful for that. How about you? 
In the early part of the book of Acts, in chapter 1, there is this transition moment that happens right after Jesus Christ was resurrected. He appears to his disciples, he demonstrates that he's alive, and the disciples realize that they're in this moment of transition to change. And as they look to the future now, with a new understanding of what's happening, they look toward the future, and they do have questions about the future. You and I do too. You see, because for three years, they, they followed Jesus with hope that he would fulfill the prophecies of the Messiah and world, and they thought, you know, that everything that's been broken in our life, now Jesus is going to fix it because he's risen from the dead. I mean, if he beats death, and he did, then certainly he could fix what's wrong on planet earth. They ask him this question in verse 6 of chapter 1. Then they gathered around Jesus and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And in this time, hey, are you going to make everything right, the way it's supposed to be? And this is what they're longing for. What does the future hold for us? And Jesus' response comes in verses 7 through 8. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He says, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But he moves them to something different and tries to get their heart and their mind off, the, off of that. Let me just say this. Whenever you seek God for answers about the future, he very rarely lets you in on what's coming. How many of you ever realized that? Right? Very rarely does he let us see the full picture of what is ahead and what is coming down the road for our lives. You know, you're thinking about the next season. Well, he's saying, listen, I've got something that you need to focus on. And it's the power of the Spirit. You need to wait because knowing the specifics about the future isn't going to make you have any more peace. In fact, here's what he says. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. The, he's called them to be the, his witness that they're supposed to witness what they had seen, that Jesus was alive, that he's still alive today. And he wants them to see that he wants to demonstrate himself through them into the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. So whatever happens to you, whenever it happens to you, if you know who to go to and if you have a relationship with the God of the universe who you know is on your side, and if you are living in relationship with the Holy Spirit, there is a source of wisdom and life and grace and power that you can live out of. And it's so much better than knowing the specifics because you know the source. The very thing that will give you peace is not more understanding about what's happening next. Most of the time, it probably would freak us out if we knew what was coming. Really? Right? Right? That's very true. And But I think uh, there's a tendency in our generation sometimes to undervalue our need for the Holy Spirit. We have, an un we have a tendency to gravitate towards that. We often live out of our own strength, don't we? That we get up and we try to handle the day all by ourselves rather than living in the fullness of the Spirit. But Jesus knew this before he left earth. He said, he's, he comes back, he said to his disciples, don't go into the future and leave Jerusalem, but wait. Can you say the word wait? Wait for the gift that my Father has promised. Here's what he's saying. Look, if you try to go out 
and do the things that I've called you to do in the future, and you do it in your own strength, in your own effort, you're never going to reach the destination that I want you to reach in your life. That you and I need to make some space for the work of the Holy Spirit. You and I need to create room so that the Holy Spirit can enter our world when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And he says, verse 4 through 5, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my Father has promised, which you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they did. They listened. They waited. They made space. They made room so the Holy Spirit could enter their world and they could experience his involvement and his empowerment in their life. Here's the reality. The Holy Spirit is so much better than you and me. Can I hear an amen to that? There, there's no comparison to that. We forget that he is so much better. So, so if we're going to do life properly, we have to learn to live out of his resources. And that's why Jesus told them, don't leave, don't leave Jerusalem. Don't step into the future, but you need to wait. You need to create some space for the Holy Spirit to work in you because you need a fresh experience with the Holy Spirit. I just hope today that I can help stir a hunger in you for more of what God wants to give you through the work of the Holy Spirit today. Let's talk about a few things that we need and we need to understand as we come to the Father and we need more of the Spirit that I need an encounter, number one, with the Holy Spirit. You think about the poster child for this transformation was Simon Peter, one of Jesus' disciples. We know his story very well. We know how he lived and he followed Jesus. We see that through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you see inside of Simon Peter's life, the thing that he's probably more known about than anything else was when, hey, he denied Jesus, right? He denied Jesus, and it was a really kind of ugly moment in, in, in Simon's life, but he, he denies him three times. Then on the moment that we just read about here, he was there when Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my Father has promised. When he experienced the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in his life, he became a totally different person inside. Supernaturally, things begin to happen in his life, and he becomes this incredibly bold powerful leader from that moment forward. Now, let me just say this is everybody needs to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I know the word maybe encounter or experience scares some folks, but because uh, some people don't want an experiential faith. They just want a faith that's a little safer and more contained because when you start to have that experience, your life will be affected and it affects who you are and it affects your responses. In fact, there are two primary experiences that everybody needs to have. And let me tell you about The first one happens when you and I come to Jesus Christ, ask forgiveness of our sins, and he comes and lives in us. You, at that moment, you surrender. Everybody has to come to the point where they recognize what Jesus did for them and for us on the cross, that he shed his blood, he died, he rose again, so that when you and I put our faith in Jesus, not only are your sins forgiven, but the Holy Spirit takes up residence on the inside of you. Here's what John 20, 21 through 22 says. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent to me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You know, after Jesus rose from the grave in chapter 1, he removed the barrier of sin. He says to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive it. God takes up residence at the moment 
that you and I give our life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us and impacts us. And it's a greater call upon our lives that we realize this, that the Holy Spirit is a person just like Jesus. He is, as John chapter 14 and verse 6 says, that he is another helper. That word helper is the word paraclete. He is our helper. And you need to know that when the helper comes, he's going to add value to your life. He, he's going to add more life to your life. He's your helper to strengthen you, infuses you with power. The Holy Spirit, the paraclete, is there to give you strength. He's not a parasite to take away. There's something beyond that. That's the second experience because these are the same disciples who had already received the Holy Spirit, were with Jesus. He said, you haven't gotten it all. Don't leave Jerusalem. You've already received the Holy Spirit, but there's something greater. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to come on you and overflow you and give you power to begin to live a supernatural life. That being saved and having the Holy Spirit live on the inside of you isn't enough to do life at the level that God has created you and I to live. Have you had this second experience? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And, and next week, I'm going to take more time on this subject and this topic to talk to you on the day of Pentecost, what truly happened in Acts chapter 2 and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There are some things that only happen in your life through a direct encounter with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus and Christianity aren't a philosophy. It's not a set of principles. It's not a ritual or a routine. It's a relationship with a real person. So many times we can try to depersonalize and de-emotionalize, de-experientialize Christianity and make it safer and contain, and that's many times what we go to because it's our default. God say, no, there's so much more. I want to dip you in the power of God. I want to fill your life with joy and authority and supernatural demonstration of the things that I and only I can do. And when we open our life to that, we will be changed. You know, if I said, hey, if I just stood up here as your pastor and preached only self-help every week techniques of how to improve your life, I would be omitting one of the central parts of what Christianity is, which is there is a Holy Spirit, and He wants to work within all of our lives, so you and I need an encounter, you and I need an experience with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Next, I need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Okay, now, we're not talking about things getting wild and crazy because I know I grew up in a Pentecostal church. My mom and dad are Pentecostal preachers for over 50 years. Kristen grew up in Pentecostalism as well. Many of you did as well. But you know what? I never grew up where it was wild and crazy and out of hand. Many people, oh, the Holy Spirit. Oh, that church believes, what? They believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they, they think it's just only going to get weird. Well, you can let it get weird, but that's never been our heart. Our heart is to teach from Scripture. When there is the power of the Holy Spirit, it comes on you for boldness to witness first. Right? That's it. And we need a spiritual harvest in our land. And the only way that's going to happen is you and I having the infilling of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and to go live that. But you and I need the empowerment. He says in verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. And that's a dynamite power. That's the original word. 
It's dynamite power. You will receive power. It's life-altering. It's a little bit like riding a wave. It's the force that carries you. It's powerful. It's all good, but it's very powerful. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Listen, this passage is not talking about a greater feeling. He's talking about a greater filling. Please hear me on that. Yeah, I believe your mood will change when the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's part of it. Your response, it'll touch your emotions. Absolutely, we're emotional people. But it's more than a feeling. It's about the filling of the Holy Spirit. That when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, this is less of us, less of our wants, our desires, our sins, and our influences. We know the enemy is constantly trying to make a way into the inner being of our soul. But our lives do not have to live defeated day after day after day. We don't have to be intimidated by the enemy or fall into sin. We can live victoriously by God's grace. That's for sure. Because he has unlimited resources for our lives. The well from which we get the power to live life for God will never run dry as we stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Empowerment. It comes from the inside out. You say, well, you know, John, more than that, I just want all of my circumstances to change on the outside of me and around me. I mean, most of us would say that, right? The person that keeps giving us a problem, the person that keeps coming at us at work, at my campus, wherever it may be, God, just take care of them, right? And, um, but you know what? God may do that. But here's the deal. God, when he operates in the world, does not primarily work just to alter your circumstances. I hope that he does that for you. But he wants the Holy Spirit working in you, birthing something new in you so that you can handle whatever comes your way with his power. Amen? With his power. Do you remember the hallmarks of biblical Christianity? There's two of them. They are inward transformation, which only God can do through the work of His Spirit, right? He can touch the things that are inside of us because it's the work of the Spirit. And then there's outward service. To assist in these two goals, the Spirit gives us inwardly for ourselves what we need, and then it makes its way on the outside of us so that we can serve this lost world, giving us boldness to tell others about Him. Living a vital relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit is the only way to do what God has called you to do. Many people say, I don't know how you get up there and do what you do every week, John. I say sometimes, I don't either. When I think about it, it's because it's the work of the Spirit. Because in my nature, I'm not a bold person. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, He gives me the power to do what He's called me to do. And so that is the same thing for your life wherever you are at. Somebody may say, I can't believe you do what you do. And, well, and then you realize that as you're in your life in Christ that you have the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is what propels you to do what he's called you to do. Amen? Just like you on Monday morning or this afternoon if you have to go to work or wherever it may be or tomorrow on your campus, that the Holy Spirit wants to give you a boldness to reach your world for him. Amen? And that's the first thing that comes, and you realize that, that the people of God would be filled with such a boldness in this day. I'm not talking about being brash, malicious, angry. No, I'm talking about just a Holy Spirit boldness that will come over you 
and to say the things that need to be said in season to other people that are around you. Amen? The Holy Spirit working in you. And then point three, I need to have an expectation of the Holy Spirit. That we need to have an expectation that the Holy Spirit wants to work in us today. He wants to do that in you. He wants to do that through you, something brand new. Some of you already feel, even as I'm speaking, that's a spirit of God just welling up inside of you. You're like, yes, this is, this is what God, you want me to do. This is what I'm supposed to do in this situation that I'm going through with another person, in a relationship, at work, wherever it may be in your world. And I just want you to know how much God wants good things for your future. All right? That, that when Jesus went to heaven, he didn't say, hey, see you guys. No. He said, I'm going to leave you something. And I'm going to leave you another helper. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. So that you can do greater things than I did. That how much God has a future and how much he wants to heal the broken and the hurting places within your soul. And how much... He wants to equip you to face the things that you have to face today. How much he wants to give your life meaning and purpose. But you cannot experience any of that if you don't have the work of the infilling work of the Spirit inside of you first. The Holy Spirit's your helper. He wants to help you today. He's there to help you. Whatever that need is in your heart today, you don't have to do it alone. The Holy Spirit is there. Paracletos, the one, the Bible says, comes alongside of us and helps us in all of our weaknesses. Maybe today you say, you know what? Yeah, I know I need that. Holy Spirit, would you just do this in my life that I'm open to you? I want you to do this in me. And you know what? He will. He will. So that Acts chapter 2, 1 and 4 says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all with one accord in one place and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God enabled them. Some may think, well, that's just for super Christians or pastor or minister or somebody that's perfect. No, this is for people that maybe don't know much about Christianity but are hungry for God. It's for everybody. It's for the seasoned believer as well. It's for the new Christian. It's for the skeptical person that's checking out because the Holy Spirit wants to work in every one of our lives. And you know what? It's very easy. You and I, as we follow Christ, we get that initial work of the Holy Spirit. But then being hungry for that next level, God says you can activate that in your life. You have to activate it. God's not going to force you. I'm going to talk more about this next week because I believe that, uh, that our hearts is we're going to be open, that you and I need to come and we need to expect not only next Sunday, but all the days leading up to next Sunday, what he wants to do. I, I pray that when we enter this place every Sunday, we have a great expectation of the Holy Spirit. I pray, young people, as you enter into our Wednesday night Crave Student Ministry, you have an expectation of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. That we hope, you parents today, that you, you know that your children are in our kids' ministry, that, that you have an expectation that God is touching their young lives right now. That we would be people that are expecting something great. And how many of you know that God can outdo your expectations every time? I do, right? 
I do. So today, instead of wondering about the when, the where, the how, the what, the why, how is this all going to happen? God said, let me tell you something. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Don't be so consumed, the how, when, where, why today, because Jesus knew something. That's going to get you distracted. But the one thing you should be concerned about more than anything else is as you focus on Jesus, that you get the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of your life. Activate that today. Amen. Shut down those fears and let your faith in Christ come through. Let's pray. Father, thank you right now. Thank you that you've given us Jesus, your son. When Jesus left this earth, you gave us the work of your spirit. And so, Lord, today I thank you that Lord, you've called us as your people to hunger for more of your spirit and not be afraid. To hunger more for you that we would have an encounter. There would be experiences that we would wait. Maybe we think we should just move on quickly to something else, but God, maybe you're telling us to wait right where we're at today. Wait in Jerusalem. Wait for your power. Wait for your strength. Wait for you to speak. Fill us. Lord, I pray that we would be empowered today through your Spirit. Boldly proclaiming the truth of Jesus Christ in this day. Boldly standing for your word that is truth, that is right. To expect you to come through and move through us as we activate the work of your Spirit inside of us. Today, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, maybe you come as you heard this message today and the Holy Spirit's pulling on you today and just saying, yeah, I want you to have more of me in your life. Maybe today, that's you in this room. Maybe you're saying, you know what, yeah. I want more of a hunger for the work of your Spirit, God, inside of my life. Would you just slip your hand up right now? Thank you for those hands. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, I thank you for these hands that have been raised Lord, and I thank you, Lord, that as they are expecting to receive, they will receive it in Jesus' name. To fill every person that is hungry here, online, today, Lord, that you would touch them wherever they are at. And rather being concerned about the where, the when, the why, Lord, I pray today that we would come and lean in and let your spirit come and infill us today with your power. Infuse us with your power today, Lord. Just like you did with Peter that goes to show us, Lord, we may have screwed up so many times in our life, but Lord, as we come and as we hear this word, we can, like Peter, be filled with your spirit and have a Holy Spirit boldness on our lives. So much boldness, Lord, that in front of 3,000 people, he preached the gospel. Father, I pray that for our hearts and our lives in this place. So, Lord, we come, we hunger for you, and we want you to do a mighty work in us as a church. We want you, Holy Spirit. Because we know, Holy Spirit, you always lead us to Jesus. And so for that, Lord, we are grateful. We are thankful today for your work in our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone said.
for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.